Hey everyone, I'm Elia Einhorn. I'm the podcast producer here at the Talkhouse. Thank you so much for joining us at the Talkhouse Music Podcasts live recording here at Samsung 837. This series has seen some fantastic artistic pairings so far. We had John Cameron Mitchell of Hedwig and the Angry Inch with Javier Munoz of Hamilton, Marky Ramone of the Ramones with Andy Hilfiger, Rose McGowan with Meredith Graves, and so many more. Coming up, we have Wyclef Jean in conversation with the Arcade Fire's Will Butler about the Fuji's groundbreaking record, The Score, on its 20th anniversary. Like all TalkHouse podcasts, today's conversation is between two intelligent, noteworthy artists. Here in the booth with me are Sean Lennon and Les Claypool. Hey, guys. What's up? Hello there. Unlike most of our pairings, though, these two are actively collaborating on a very cool project, in this case, the Claypool-Lennon Delirium, whose psychedelic space rock record, The Monolith of Phobos, is available June 3rd. It is. They'll be touring America for the next few months, playing original songs like Breath of a Salesman and There's No Underwear in Space. <laughs> There's not. <laughs> Les Claypool is a songwriter and virtuosic bassist who made his name with the group Primus in the 80s and 90s. I'm going to embarrass you. Les, you ready? Yep, I'm, I'm turning red. The man is so amazing at bass that it spawned the urban legend that he cut the flesh between his fingers to increase his reach on the fretboard. Really? Have you heard this? I've never heard that. Because this is... <laughs> I actually cut the flesh between my toes. For just just to do it, makes you parkour it has nothing to do with the base, but yeah. makes I, it makes me a faster, faster swimmer. Yeah, this is this is a real urban legend. You can Google yourself. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, I googled myself this morning. Oh boy. <laughs> hey. Oh. In addition to Primus, Claypool has also formed a number of other groups, including Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade, Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains, and alongside Fish's Trey Anastasio and Stuart Copeland of the Police Oysterhead. Les also wrote and directed the spoof film Electric Apricot, Quest for Festeroo. Sean Lennon has collaborated with artists as varied as Lenny Kravitz and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. That's true. He toured with Chibo Mato and released solo records before co-forming the group Ghost of a Sabertooth Tiger. Sean has collaborated numerous times with his mother Yoko Ono and is also an actor, writer, composer of film scores and is involved with the artist-run label and arts collective Chimera Music. That's true. Is it all true? Most of it, yeah. I got it right. Most of it. Not, not about Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. No, that's, that's the only true part. Actually. Okay. <laughs> nice guy, Dell. I, I didn't think. know you collaborated with uh, Lenny Kravitz. Kind of. It was more of a collaboration on a lunch we made together. It yeah. was a salad and a tart, actually, to finish it off. He's a very good cook. Not many people know that. Was that pre his exploding pants? Pre-exploding pants. Yeah, I mean, that's actually how I mark time, is <laughs> before Lenny's pants exploded and after. That's sort yeah. of how I reference my entire life. I feel like these headphones are unnecessary. I can hear you. Can you? I'm just going to take them off. But you look so fashionable I know they're, they're white. They're, I'm assuming this is a Samsung product. Look at that. <clears throat> so here we are, together at last. Yes. In a glass cubicle. How are you feeling? I have nothing to say to you. I, well, I know. I, I knew that. Um... So am I going to have to do both our voices, like we said? Yes, I, 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 I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's interesting being here, isn't it? I did my first VR experience here. And how was that VR experience? It was very exciting. I actually, I, I was surprised that when I went over the roller coaster cliff, I felt my stomach rise up into my throat the way one would in a real roller coaster, which was surprising because I thought that was a result of falling, but it was just my mind. Playing with me. Now, would that be a fine Samsung product that you were Well, I, I, I'll reserve that statement for, for if I'm going to get an incentive to say that. <laughs> but let's just say it could possibly be a fine Samsung product. 
But I, no, the reason I'm talking about it is because I, I find it interesting, this idea that maybe virtual reality is going to supplant real reality in terms of its entertainment value and, you know, just all around This could be virtual fun. reality right now. That's true. We you could never, be in you the matrix. You never do know. No, I mean, that's interesting, too, that we could be in a matrix right now. Because there's that theory... So we could both be in self-induced comas right now. If we not wanted. Even know it. This is well, all. I mean, that's why I drank so much last night. I was hoping for that. <clears throat> no, but really, I find that interesting. Like, what do you think? Do you think that Samsung in, like, 50 years is going to run a virtual universe that is preferable to the real universe for people? For yes, but it's going to be called Steve-sung. That is the son, Transitioning that son of Sam? away from Sam. Or it'll be Samuel-sung, which is a little more official. Okay. That's a good prediction. You heard it here, guys. You heard it here first. That's Les's prediction for <laughs> a great Klezmo. 2060, I guess. Um, cool. No, because I just read that book, Ready Player One, where everyone moves into a, an alternate universe through their computer, and they prefer it. I feel like that's coming. It's like World of Warcraft, but with I with lunches and dinners. I just want to be able to continue to use Craigslist with the vigor that I use it. You are vigorous. You're a vigorous man. I always tell people that. <laughs> they're like, what's less like? I'm like, he's got vigor. Yeah, that's the first thing that pops to mind. He's got vigor. And, and, and like he said, I've, I've cut the uh, ligaments between my fingers or what, what was it again? The, the... I thought it was that you had webbed feet and that you're a very fast <laughs> swimmer. So how did you get to play so fast, Les Claypool? <clears throat> it's all mirrors. I'm actually mirrors help. playing slow. Use a lot of delay. How, did that, how does that work? I mean... It slows down the light. If you have enough mirrors, it reflects enough times I, I, that you're actually I, I can't in the tell past. You, Sean. Okay, I can't really tell you that. These, you know, it's like it's like okay. it's like magicians. They don't give away their secrets. I'm a bass player, and bass players are known to hold their secrets very close to their chest. Yes, or their testicles. Yes. One. Speaking of uh, the human form, what was your band before Primus? Did you have? What well, did it have a name? Can you reveal? That? <clears throat> before Primus. Um. I was in uh, many bands back in the day. Um, one of them was the Tommy Crank Band, which was uh, myself as a young fellow with a bunch of, excuse me, older guys playing biker bars in Northern California. And back then, biker bars were biker bars. There weren't none of these weekend Harley Rider dentist guys. You know, it was like, it was this Hell's like, Angels. We were like, playing for Hell's Angels. This is the mecca of weekend warriors, uh, the, this area right here. This is it right here? Yep, this that's is that where all the fancy pants Harleys come for the weekend. Yeah, well, so anyway, I'd play these biker bars with the Tommy Crank Band, and I was a young fellow. I was like 19, and um, all the other guys were 10 to 15 years older than me, and we were playing like old R&B. You know, I was playing Booker T and the MGs and the Meters and a lot of these things. I didn't even know what it was at the time. And uh, Nice. That was, that was one of my early... That sounds awesome. So were there I any, did it for... Uh, it was money. I would play... Three to five nights a week, four sets a night in Hell's Angels. So bars. that's where you got your chops, running from Hell's Angels. Were there any? I was amongst them. I was one of the dudes. You were. I was among, like the little punk them, guy. You... I was like their little mascot. Really? Kind of. There was a couple of they them. They held you on their like... shoulders and sort of screamed at parties. Eh, it was more like, yeah, let's guy, and it was one of those things. A piratey kind of. There was of a three-legged story. guy named Snake. That was. Uh, <laughs> he was like head of MMA. He was a cool guy, actually. Well, I mean, if you're they called him Snake because he walked. He had a little, you know, waggle to his walk because he lost his one of his legs. Uh, oh my god! On a Harley Davidson. Yeah, that. So he drove a th he drove a three wheeler after that. So you played in a cover band that was doing a lot of funk and meter stuff. But then, how, is that how you learned to slap? Was it blues? Sorry, R and B. And and I also think, think our listeners will find it interesting that we're not allowed to refer to slapping as slapping. Slapping the bass is not what it is. I I've never I. 
I always cringed at the slapping of the bass term. It was always, where I came from, it was thumping because Larry Graham invented the thumping and the plucking. And I remember seeing Larry Graham on stage opening for the Isley Brothers at the Oakland, Oakland Auditorium. It was unbelievable. And he did this whole song about the history of the bass and he talked about the thumping and the plucking. And, that sounds um, so much cooler. If Larry cooler. Graham's going to call it thumping and plucking, that's what I'm calling it. Thumping and plucking sounds cool. I think I would have gotten more into slap. And also 90s came along and everybody started talking about the slapping and it just... Yeah, no, it makes it sound uncool. You know, it's you potato, potato, but I like the patata. Patata. I don't think anyone says patata. Well, now they will. Some people do. I heard you say it last I night. I think it's an interesting idea that when that song was written, Tomato, Tomato, Potato, Potato, yes. it, was bef- it was before people had stereos, really, so they would get the sheet music, and then they would read the lyrics, and it would just say, you say potato, I say potato. They must have there was thought no it was, phonetic? They must have thought it was a stupid song. Are you making this up? There they must, must have, have thought, this phonetic. is a ridiculous song. I mean, why would you, like, you say, yeah, I mean, who wants to say potato with someone? No one. So, how did you? So that's it. We should end this interview right there because that's. Yeah, we've got we've got a little bit to go. No, I want to know how you got into playing slap. I mean, thumping and unplugging. Sorry, thumping and unplugging versus the old two finger diddly. Grant Takiwa. Excuse um, me. If you say that backwards, it says. I my one of my first jobs was at uh, a one of these mall delicatessens. It was like a Hickory Farms type thing called Swiss Colony. Okay. And. one of the guys I worked with was this fellow named Grant Tokiwa. That's a good name. Japanese fellow. Oh, that doesn't sound very Japanese. He sounded Tokiwa? like Native Indian or something. No, he was Japanese. Tokiwa. I, okay, so anyway, he sounds... showed up with his bass one day, and he started... And I said, that's very cool. How do you do that? And he just kind of gave me the fundamentals. And I, So you owe the Japanese race your entire your, 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 your paradigm? I do, actually, yes. I knew it. I knew that you were in It all, to me everything in starts with way. the Japanese. It does. Everything. Don't get too carried away. Especially You're only the half funk. Japanese. Now. Especially the funk. But the good half is Japanese. The yeah. funky half. The non smelling half. So, Tokiwa. Should we talk about the notion of how you think because of your Japanese element, you have no aroma? Well, the truth is, I think I'm not like 100% Japanese people who really don't have much BO. Yeah. But I, I, I'm sort of, I'm a I'm But explain a that element, because I know this story, but the folks out here in it's Samsung very interesting. Well, you know, land I, don't know. I, I figured this are, out when I was looking for, uh, it's not just Japanese people, but, you know, Asian, Asian people. What, I was looking for deodorant when I was young. You specifically Japan. said Japanese people have Well, because I know no... Japan. I can't really speak for every other country. But, you know, I can't find deodorant in Japan. That's what made me realize it. And I asked around, and they are like, well, you gaijin smatter. White people smell. That's what they say. You know? Really? Yeah, they could smell you coming. They smell you coming. <laughs> so that's when I realized that we were all different. But, you know, all God's children. I like it. I'm still wrapping my head around it, but I, I yeah, like, well, I like can, that You I can like wrap that whatever you want around it later. All right. We're well, going to be on easy, tour for a easy while. there, Tiger. Okay, so you started... You start, I, no, that's interesting. So, but how did it feel? Because, I'm just curious because we've never talked about this and this is the perfect kind of format to talk about it. How did what Did feel? you just feel like this is it? Like this is my thing? I no, mean, I saw... Um, you know, way back in the, in the old days, there was a thing on television called uh, Don Kirshner's Rock Concert. And it was a fantastic thing because that's... You know, it's not, it's not like now. Now kids can go on and, and see everybody play every lick up close, and you can cop all the stuff. Back then, you had to either go to the show yeah, or... Yeah, you kids have it easy, all you shredders out there. <clears throat> yeah. We actually um, had to etch things in stone with a chisel if we wanted to 
We had to watch Don Kirshner. Yeah. So uh, on Don Kirshner's rock concert was uh, was the Brothers Johnson and Lewis Johnson, who just passed away this last year, yeah. was thumping and a plucking like a bastard. He and he would get out. His arm would go out like this so far. And I would watch him and just think that was the most amazing thing. And there was no recorded on the VA, VCR and see it later. No, it was, we had to chisel it in You stone. had to just remember it. Yeah. So I was very intrigued by that notion. And I was playing with a buddy of mine in high school who was actually the very first Primus drummer, Perm Parker. And, um, and we would just sit there and kind of play like, you know, Rick James tunes and Isley Brothers and stuff like that in jazz band. And I started getting my... Thumping on. Where's Perm now? All your friends seem to have very, uh, you know, rock star names. Perm Parker? I don't know. Last time I Grant saw Perm, 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 Perm Parker. Perm Parker. Perm Parker was uh, playing in a reggae band in Arizona, but that was many years ago I saw him. It was at least 15 he's years ago the last time I saw him. So Interesting. He's out there somewhere, funking it up. Interesting. And that was in San Francisco? I mean, Berkeley? That was in El Sobrante, California. Okay. Whereas if you're from there, you say El Sobrani. And then how? Did, number then, one. Then up, was man. it right after that that you ju- that you started Primus? No, Primus didn't come along until uh, I started Primus in 1984, and it was Primate, and um, we actually had a song on the radio. There was a local station, Big Rick Stewart, on uh, the Quake in San Francisco, and he was playing one of our demos, and. Um, I, I, I soon got a, a, a phone call saying I'm the, the attorney for the primates and you must cease and desist. So we had to change our name and we changed it to Primus. Did he represent all the genus of primates all, like monkeys and all orangutans? Five digited individuals. That's amazing. I didn't know you could do that, just like own a patent on all primates. I don't think he did, but it, I was a young fellow and he scared me enough to, to, to change the name. Primus In fact, is I met him years later and he, told me, and he told me he was bullshitting me that he wasn't actually an. Uh, an attorney, he was just the the leader of the band and I feel was like trying the, to scare the, me. The universe would be completely different if you had been the pri- primates. I think Primus is is way cooler. I mean, I'm sure in some other dimension you're playing in a band called Primus, but I feel like Primus... Arose by any other name. Yes. Primus makes it feel nerdy. Like, it appeals to people who like nerdiness and, and, and that kind of smart thinking. Somehow it sounds smart. Primus. It sounds like Latin or something. Right? It is Latin. Yeah, exactly. So it feels like, ooh, that's that's smart. Well, you know, I'm a very calculated individual. You it was are all plotted yeah. and planned. I know. It's hard to be around you because you know you plan everything. How did you come up with the name advance. Lennon? Where did you get that? Well, it was originally Lion. Actually, not a lot of people know that. Yeah. But I didn't want people to mix me up with Snoop Doggy Dog Lion, Snoop Lion. So I switched it to Lennon. And it's weird because then people think that I'm related to uh, Steve Lennon. Steve Lennon, who's the uh, famous the, basketball the player, the front forward, right? Yeah, the right forward for the Chicago sandwich team, the, the highlight <laughs> team. He's a really famous highlight player. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think Lennon was actually a place in Ireland or an area, or it's maybe like a hill. I think it's maybe a tree. It's. It's something in Ireland. Or a donkey somewhere in it's, the <laughs> uppermost regions of the British it's Isles. It's a famous ventriloquist donkey in Ireland who lives in a tree. Have you ever seen those tree, uh, those, uh, uh, what are they called, uh, uh, arboreal goats? No. They live in Morocco. Okay. And, they, and they climb trees. They're incredible. I, like I just it. thought we could I'm, do a music I'm getting video a good there. image. 
it's really beautiful. Like there's just tree in the middle of the desert and you just see about 30 goats on every branch and they're just standing there kind of eating the leaves. I'm sure it's the tree doesn't like it, but I thought maybe we could go do a video. They're like rocking out. You can thump and pluck and I can do whatever I do with my. Yeah. What do you do? I don't know. I don't what's have a technique? cool name let's for hear, what I Let's do. hear about the Sean Lennon technique on yeah, the guitar. Yeah, I like to diddly do. Diddly do. Bumpy stump. Who, who, who taught you how to waggle your fingers like you do? <laughs> well, you know, it came kind of naturally, the whole twiddly tums thing. What should I call it? I, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't have my own style. That's the thing. I just sort of imitate John Luke Ponty. That's all I really do. I'm trying to be like him, and it's not really working. I don't know. I never really, I, you know, I should have, I should have practiced more, but I feel like I never started taking myself seriously as a guitar player until I joined your band or joined a band with you. Yeah. yeah. So now's the serious part. Now, now I'm a real musician. <laughs> we're, yeah. the, we're onto the serious section Before of, the, of your life. Before that, it was just strumming and a strumming, yeah, and now right. I'm diddling Picking and, and a diddling. grinning. Yeah, exactly. So, sh- should we bring up something more profound and philosophical? Yes. Do okay. you fear or embrace the spirochete? Ooh, that's for those who don't know what a spirochete is. It's a cork, it's a cork spiral shaped, uh, corkscrew shaped bacteria, bacterium, like the syphilis bacterium, like and delirium. The lime. We could have been the Claypolenin bacterium. Yeah, that would have been yeah. sweet. Well, yeah, we're, we're going to be the spirochete bacterium. Um, yeah, spirochete uh, uh, bacteria are are uh, the Lyme bacteria. See, I say spirochete. Am I right or are you right? Or You're is this probably a potato, right. Potato, we can thing? both be right. You say spirochete, I say spirochete. I, and the ha- reason I bring this up, yeah. so the people, I got, we've got to yeah. go back to that, is we just spent a week up at your farm, yeah. up running from in the from, Arctic from Circle, and um, ticks. And you know, it's this glorious, beautiful green place. And all of a sudden, every time we went outside, we had to spray horrible chemicals on our pant legs. And, and you had a and Wellington. And you had an amazing style where you would tuck your pants into your black socks. Yeah, well, I didn't tell you, Les. There, <coughs> there are no ticks up there. I just did that for the fashion. Just for the style. It was. I just like to spray DEET on my toes. It wasn't it DEET. It was that, what was this other stuff? It was. And you got a big horn. I forget, actually. But yeah, I mean, I think my problem with getting Lyme was that no one had really told me about it, and I didn't realize what an epidemic it is. And, it, and frankly, I find it odd that, you know, so many people are getting this, this infection, and, and you don't really know much about it. You, people don't really inform you about it. So I think it's kind of important to learn about it. But I'm fine now. That's my only question I took for my, you. I took my doxycycline, which is the antibody, and that, that fixed me right up. Yes, and you have a nice glow to you now. A, I do. A sheen. Yeah. Well, that's just because I'm, perhaps even a Charlie yeah, that's sheen. That's just the coffee oh. kicking in. That's the coffee kicking in. We we should talk about something life affirming. Everyone's so depressed now. Everyone feels like the Earth is going to get hit by a meteor, or we're going to. I don't. Be cooked by a. I'm pretty positive. Environmental disaster. I'm pretty upbeat. You are upbeat. You, you think gotta, I'm an upbeat guy? We've been hanging out. You have a spring in your step, and you, you whistle a, a lot. I do. You go like, in the middle of that song. <laughs> Yep, that's a lot. That always throws me off in Pachyderm. Les goes, and I'm like, what? Did I do something wrong? And I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's the lyrics to the verse that's, or the intro. So let's go back to the spirochete. When, uh, when you were out at my place, because I live in the country, and yes. we have long grasses. He lives on the west, northern Were you concerned that the, that the west coast ticks would also take delight in your in I your didn't know there flesh? were ticks there. You should have told me. See, I warned you. I would have brought my spacesuit. I think your ticks out here are a little more 
They're a little more. I don't really think about virulent. it. If I see one, we pop pop it off. They're and more put vigorous. It in, put it in a bag and send it off to the lab. I don't know what to do, man. I I don't know what to do about the lime thing. It freaks me out. I want to. I think we need to come up with like a super immunity thing, or just start wearing more latex. I've actually heard that latex is in because Beyonce wore a latex dress. So maybe we could just take because a tip from Beyonce. Because she's repelling ticks. That's probably why she's is that doing what it. it is? People think it's like a kinky fashion, like a sexy thing, but I think it's really about you know being hygienic. Heat. Just it's in general, it's more hygienic. I think you know it's like wearing you know surgical gloves, but for your whole body. I won't say what came to my mind just then. Okay. I'm censoring myself. See, I like this it. is a new thing. It's good. It's hard to censor yourself. Smooth. We have you know, Sean Lennon Light. So any advice less for, for young people who want to play bass or start a band today? Do you think the world is a different place for, for young upstarts? Uh, yes. The world is a continuously evolving uh, thing. It is. It's revolving, at least. It's a, different, it's a different, different, different ball game than when we started, you know? I mean, you remember back in the day, you'd make a record, and it was actually a, a record, and you'd go drive it around to the stores, and if somebody bought five, you'd You'd be excited, and you'd go to a different. We used store. to do tape cassettes and sell them out of our van. But now it's a different ball game. So if you're starting a band and you're out there playing, uh, you know, there's all this access to distribution via the internet. But there's also it's the interweb. To, That's the thing control, that you guys email so you, to. It's harder to make revenue off of that said item. So now um, it's just a different thing. What you do know, you got to do? You got to you got to play shows. That's where it's at, right? You got to play shows. Uh, standing in front of a microphone with a bass guitar in my hand is how I am paying my son's way through college. Um, and what what would you have said if Cage had said to you, his son, "I want to start a band and and do what you do"? Would that would you have been like, "That's not a good career choice"? I would have said, "Whatever makes you happy, oh, that's fine, sweet. young fellow," because that's really what it's all about. You know, what is success? Is it a big pile of money, or is it doing what you enjoy doing? On a daily basis. It has something to do with donuts. People that play music now and that are getting into the music world, it's not like it. It's like, like a friend of mine years ago said he graduated from Columbia Med mm-hmm. and he became a pediatric doc. And he said back in the day, you'd start at a certain amount and it would just escalate from there. But because of the HMO thing, it's doctors just aren't making what they used to. It's just yeah. not as lucrative a business. So yeah. you get into it for the love of medicine and healing and whatever and surgical gloves surgical gloves and it's the same with playing music now it's not this big huge lucrative thing that it used to be even people like uh, that that are very successful it's they're making a fraction of what they used to make i actually feel like it's a temporary thing for musicians because i think musicians are going to be the last job to be replaced by robots because doctors we were replaced by robots a long time ago no but doctors are going to be replaced by robots a lot faster because you know the internet can access all information in order to diagnose someone whereas you know a doctor can't can, so you know, there's going to be a robot to, you're going to bend over like, in front of a robot a song, to get your prostate to write a good song and perform it in a way that the kids get down to i think that's probably going to be farther down the line in terms of a robot replacing that so i feel like we're going to go through this sort of renaissance where everyone is undervalued except musicians because everyone is going to be, you know, made obsolete by robot artificial intelligence and then musicians will rule the planet and we're going to have our own uh, empire. It'll be like the Roman Empire and, and indie musicians will basically rule the world in a sort of friendly fascist way. Benevolent dictators. That's my theory. You're not buying it, are I'm you? I'm not buying You're it. You're not but, buying but it. But I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying hearing it. One can hope. 
One can hope. So how do you feel about uh, the state of uh, America right now? We're about to oh, America. Know, vote on Trump. Why don't you tell me, Hillary. because you wrote the song Oh America on the upcoming Monolith of Phobos record, which we're supposed to be plugging as we sit here talking I did. I wrote my first, my first topical song about the state of America. And uh, how do I feel about it? I feel kind of terrified. I feel like everyone is slightly terrified. And I, I, it's, it's so shocking that it's almost like it's not sinking in. And 10 years from now, we're going to look back on this period as, as I, I can't believe we went through that. You know, this guy who actually spoke about the things he spoke about during the debates, that that happened, that he had that hairstyle, that he said Which those things. Which guy are you talking about? I'm talking about... Charlie Sheen. No, I'm talking about Trump. You know, I don't. I can't say what he said. But this is his town. This is where you you grew up here. What's this is his town. We love him. You've here. experienced him since you were a wee lad. I did. Yeah. I mean, he 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 was around a lot. I just find it really odd. I mean, I I had very little faith in politics when I was younger, but you know now it nothing compares to how bizarre it's become. Well, Noel Noel Fielding, who is a champion, a friend of ours. Yes, he he's says, starring in one of our music videos. Yes, he, he says that uh, because of this, that they're going to get Gordon Ramsay to be the next PM over there. So. <laughs> in in England, yes, that that would be that's not inconceivable. Gordon Ramsay, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he's their Trump. Is he their Trump? I think it's more like according guy. to Noel Fielding. Yeah, and Noel knows all. I think England is 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 a little. They're not doing quite as badly as us because they said they'd ban Trump. I heard somebody in the par- in Parliament saying that that they sh- that England will ban Trump if he becomes president. So at least they've got that going for them over there, you know. And and a lovely royal family. I guess he Trump is sort of our royal family in a way. Him, you know. So it's, we're going back to monarchy. I guess it's going to be great. Feudalism's coming back, and you know it's going to be the new American way. Trump fascism. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, yeah, you don't feel any terror <laughs> at all? There's no, like, percolating fear in your belly? Oh, there's always percolating fear. Yes. There always is that. But go, like most Americans, I like just squash it way down yeah, just inside of me and yeah. watch Game of Thrones, you know. It's That's like, what you have to do. Just what you have to do. Veg out. Yeah. And, just uh, wait for the spirochete to, yeah. just to eat that portion of my brain that thinks of such things. We're about to go around the country in a shiny box and perform music for people. You and I and Paulo Baldi and Money, Money, Mark. Money Mark on keys. That We're guy, actually musicians yeah. in a band. Come, come check our band out because it's pretty awesome. And it's, it's relatively safe coming to see us. The pyrotechnics are pretty professionally done. I mean, you know, accidents happen, but, you know, that's what rock and roll is all about, isn't it? Yes. C. C? Is that like French for yes? Or yes. Spanish close. for yes as well? It was very close. C. We. Oui. Well, let's end on an up note. Spanish is, is, is great. <laughs> C, C, C. That's the up note. All right. I like it. Sean Lennon, Les Claypool. Bye, everybody. The Claypool Lennon Delirium. Thank you so much for being with us. No America, problem. check these guys out. You're just doing the States, I saw right now, right? Three months, it looks like. Correct. So far. Are you going to be going to Europe or Asia or anywhere afterwards? Who knows? We're we going to Phobos to find the monolith. You know, the day the record comes out, did you hear this story, is when... Uh, Phobos is closest to the, the Earth. Earth. Now, I know from my studying of Phobos that that's June 3rd. 
Yes, exactly. We all know that. And it was very hard, let me say, making the record just in time to time it, to align with the planets. So we did that. You got the record label on board. Yep, we sure did. Well done. Guys, thanks so much for being here with us. Chris and Frankie, thank you so much for working sound. Everyone at Giant Step and to everyone who came out, please hang out for coffee and donuts. And we'll be back next week with Wyclef Jean of the Fugees in conversation with Will Butler from the Arcade Fire. I'm Elia Einhorn. Thanks for listening. How's that? Oh, that was pretty damn good.